for people that haven't eaten it, it it's unique you know a lot of people think of barramundi as a bit of a muddy flavored fish but uh, the wild barra doesn't have that at all it, it's extremely like a clean eating fish with you know a beautiful flavor to it this is fishtails a seafood podcast i'm john sussman the 1st of February is a marquee date in any true seafood lover's diary. It marks the opening of the wild barramundi season in Queensland and the Northern Territory. Although this iconic fish is found in many tropical waters around the world, as Australians, we like to call it our own. The name barramundi, after all, is Aboriginal for large-scaled fish. The annual commercial barramundi fishing season in the Northern Territory in Queensland is from the 1st of February to the 30th of September. The fishing area is restricted to waters seaward from the coast, river mouths and legislated closed lines. Barramundi are a Eurohellene species, meaning that they are able to tolerate a wide range of salinity levels and can live in both freshwater and saltwater environments. This makes them a versatile and important species for both commercial and recreational fishing. They are known for undergoing a process called sequential hermaphroditism, where they change their sex from female to male as they mature. It is a combination of starting life in the freshwater and moving to the ocean. Its constant moving and unique diet is one of the apex predators of the northern waters, and its age that contribute to a flavour and texture that is what the myth and the legend of the mighty barramundi is built on. Cameron Berryman runs Darwin-based wild barra fisheries, a progressive business which was established to recreate this amazing fish's reputation as one of the iconic Australian seafoods. I'm Cameron Berryman from Wild Barra Fisheries, uh, located in Darwin, Northern Territory. Wild Barra uh, bought uh, Barramundi licences up in the NT uh, about three years ago um, and we were lucky enough to secure 70% of the fishery uh, fairly quick. Um, so. We're sort of set up and trying to uh, create a name for wild caught barra um, into the market Australia wide and uh, with dreams of exporting one day. Some kids get into the fishing industry due to their passion for fishing, career opportunities, family tradition, or education and exposure. The fishing industry offers a variety of career paths and can be fulfilling for those who enjoy the outdoors and working with their hands. It's important for kids to receive proper training and education in the industry to work safely and sustainably. I, I was uh, put out on a work placement at school and uh, my father knew someone and, and placed me out on a crayfishing boat and uh, I decided that uh, as soon as I finished school that that's where I was going to do. I was going to go and work work in the marine industry, whether it was fishing or or anything else. And, um, and then I, I went into marine tourism uh, working in the tourism industry um, and then uh, followed a commercial marine path, um, skippering boats um, around Western Australia and then um, went back to the fishing side uh, about five, six years ago. For many years, the wild barra fishery in the north of Australia was regarded as one of the country's wildest, with a range of crocodile Dundee type characters who, whilst committed to the fishery, lacked scale and resources to allow the fishery to shine to its brightest. Wild Barra Fisheries, under the stewardship of Cameron, is transforming this once wild fishery to an example of world's best practice. Look, the Barramundi fishery, it's an iconic species around Australia and um, we, we decided uh, 
it's sort of one of the last fisheries that hasn't got a majority holder and and it was still pretty raw the fishery so we decided to go in and, and try and mold it um, into, into a, a top end fishery it, it was an eye-opener we, we bought in um, and, and we were concerned about, about the way the fishery was managed and the way it was headed um, so we had to make a decision to buy a majority share in the fishery to, to try and um, have a voice to, to direct the fishery in the way we wanted it to go and work with fisheries in the NT um, on this. So we've managed uh, to get a MAC review underway with fisheries and, and you know, we're trying to um, make the fishery a sustainable uh, fishery and, and uh, a fishery with a great reputation. Commercial barramundi fishers use a gillnet method to catch barramundi. The fishery is highly regulated and includes restrictions on the size and number of gillnets that can be used, as well as the time of the year, location and where the gillnets can be deployed. It's a gillnet fishery um, at the moment uh, and basically we have mother boats head out um, which have two to three uh, dories attached to them and, and they're working up to about 1500 metres of net per, per mother boat. Um, all the rivers and stuff are shut in the NT, so so we fish the bays um, as well as you know the Greater Darwin area is closed as well. So we're, we're fishing right down towards the Queensland border, Roper River. Um, you know, three four days trip out of Darwin um, is is where we're fishing uh, most of our boats. Um, but we find the fish is a lot cleaner because we fish the bays and that we're not getting that muddy textured fish from up the rivers. So they'll fish the low tide. So they'll go and set their nets uh, an hour and a half before low tide. Um, and then they'll just monitor the nets um, and, and keep pulling the fish out as they can. And then uh, they'll let the tide turn for an hour or so and, and retrieve the net. Um, once they've got the fish back on board, obviously all the fish goes into the brines and um, and then we process at sea. Um, but we're currently converting the processing at sea to shore processing. So, um, you know, we're, we're creating a processing facility up in Darwin where we can process the fish fresh in Darwin to, to how restaurants want it. You know, we understand people want portions. We understand some people want skin on, some people want skin off. So we can't do that at sea. So we're trying to set up an establishment where we can do that all on shore. The commercial wild barramundi fishery is not for the faint-hearted. Fishermen operate in mostly remote, wild and dangerous conditions. Cyclones, wild animals and intense heat and humidity are but a few of the challenges the fishermen face. Obviously a lot of it's Aboriginal land out there um, and, and you know we've got permits and stuff to operate uh, where we operate um, and, and a lot of areas are closed off and you know, this time of year it's cyclone season. Um, you know, we're, we're really pushing um, the limits with weather to, to be out there. Um, and, and there's not many, too many places to hide with the rivers closed off to us. So, so it takes a lot of monitoring to make sure, you know, that the boats are safe and our crew are safe out there. Um, you know, and, and we've been lucky this year. We've got some good weather, but no doubt there'll be another monsoon or something come through and the boats will have to park up. You know, I've, I've had guys report, you know, 18-foot uh, crocodiles hanging off the back of the nets and playing tug of war with them, you know, to, you know they've got, you know, a bunch of crocs in their, a 
bunch of barra in their mouth at one end and the boys are trying to retrieve the net at the other. So, yeah, the boys do tell some unique stories, um, you know, as well as, uh, you know, saw sharks and things that they've got to try and get out the nets alive and that it uh, certainly uh, makes it interesting job for the guys. While barramundi is considered delicious due to its delicate and mild flavour, firm and flaky texture, high nutritional value, versatility in cooking and sustainable sourcing. Whilst there are many excellent farmed barramundi in the market, a great wild barramundi is a truly unique eating experience. Oh, look, we, we believe um, the best fish come from down the Roper River way. Um, they're really healthy, nice, good-sized fish. Um, and it's a constant sort of flow out of that river system. So we, we fish out the mouth of that river system and it seems to be constant um, all year round. It's just whether the weather allows us to get down there in the early part of the year is the only issue. On a, on a great day, they'll, they'll do a thousand kilo of fillet out there on a, on a real good day. That's between Barramundi and King Threadfin. Um, on an average day, it'll be a hundred kilo of fillet. For people that haven't eaten it, it's unique, you know. A lot of people think of barramundi as a bit of a muddy-flavoured fish, but uh, the wild barra doesn't have that at all. It's extremely like a clean-eating fish with, you know, a beautiful flavour to it. Um, you know, and it, it's tough, you know. We've got to compete with aquaculture products as well as imported products. And when people actually taste wild-caught barramundi, a lot of them question whether it is barramundi. It's a, it's a complete different taste. You probably saw stories three, four years ago of fishermen being stuck with product on their boats and not being able to sell it. Um, we've been lucky where we've entered the market. Um, obviously, COVID had um, an impact on us operating, but you know, it eliminated a lot of that imported stuff off the market and we managed to create um, more of a market for the wild caught. Um, the price has gone up over the last couple of years and we're able to move the stock um, quite steadily. So, you know, we're, we're sort of happy where the market is at the moment, but obviously um, we're hoping to grow it into, into more of a value-add product as well. The commercial barramundi season is closed during certain times of the year to allow the fish populations to recover and to ensure long-term sustainability of the fishery. The closure from October to February guarantees the sustainability of the fishery. To accommodate the closure, Cameron processes and freezes inventory to provide customers throughout the year. Yeah, we're closed from the end of September through to the 1st of February and, and, and that's tough, you know. Um, obviously, we've got to try and um, stockpile some product to, to keep our regular uh, buyers um, supplied through the off-season. Um, but as well, you know, all our crew and stuff, we need to try and uh, create work for them. So, um, you know, four months shut down. Um, a lot of operators struggle with it. You know, there's no income for those four months. Um, and obviously we've had to develop some good infrastructure and stuff to store product and, and make sure we've got enough to dribble out to the market in that off season. We land all our product into Darwin um, and then it's distributed Australia wide. Um, our main markets are, are Perth um, and Darwin at the moment. Um, but as I say, we're slowly breaking into markets uh, in Melbourne and Sydney. Whoever serves our fish, we try and try and get in and have a taste. They all cook it uh, different ways, and um, you know some of the chefs out there have um, you know fantastic ways of presenting it. Um, it's yeah, it's incredible. Uh, the the barrow wings are my favourite. Um, there's one restaurant in Darwin that does peri peri barrow wings, and it's um, yeah, quite quite an incredible uh, taste. 
Attracting young people to the fishing industry in remote Australia is challenging due to factors such as remote location, physical demands, competition from other industries, a lack of training and development opportunities, and negative stereotypes. Addressing these challenges and promoting the positive aspects of the industry is crucial for attracting young talent to the fishing industry. Yeah, absolutely. It's been been real tough. Um, we've managed to latch onto a couple of good guys and and sort of um, look after them along the way and try and get them to stick around. Um, we're, we've just, you know, as we get young guys that show good potential, we, we put them through their tickets and, and what have you to try and encourage them to stick around in the fishery. Um, doesn't always work, but, you know, we've got a young guy out with us this year who's... Um, you know, gone from a deck hand to a lead hand, and and now he's skippering with us, and and it's great to see he's been with us since day one, and um, now he's out there skippering one of our boats. You know, some of the older fellas are still deck hands. You know, they don't want to change their ways. You know, we've got uh, a couple, you know, fifty odd year old deck hands out there, but they just love the fishery and and love being out at sea, and you know, they've sampled every fishery known to man out there, and and you know that they're still working in the barramundi fishery is a great great story. The wild barramundi fishery is a shining example of a well-managed sustainable fishery. Internationally, a determining factor on how sustainable a fishery is depends on the fishery biomass or how much fish there are before fishing. The exact level that deems a fishery sustainable can vary depending on a number of factors. As a generalisation, any fishery that leaves more than 75% of the biomass unfished is regarded as highly sustainable. The wild barramundi fishery in northern Australia is fished at much lower levels than this. With plans to secure the fishery's status as a world-class sustainable fishery, developing a premium export market is an obvious next step for Cameron. Oh, it's extremely sustainable. Um, so uh, the, we got informed by fisheries at the start of this year that the biomass of barramundi is at 88% and king threadfins um, above 92%, I believe. So um, extremely sustainable and, um, yeah, not even scratching the surface of it at the moment. Our aim is, is export approval um, and we're hoping for some more certainty uh, from fisheries with the MAC review that's going on at the moment. And if we can get more certainty, um, you know, obviously uh, we're going to try and get some more fish to the market. And um, if we can develop our export market, um, that'll be an absolute bonus. Commitment to a job embodies a set of attitudes, behaviours and values that show a dedication to the role, responsibilities and goals. Cameron Berryman is a next-generation fisheries professional whose passion, drive and love of his fishery is to be regarded. Working with one of the world's most iconic fish, his vision to see both the fish and the fishery recognised globally as the world's best seafood is an inspiration. I love the challenge of, of creating a better product, creating a better fishery um, and, and getting a better dollar for the fish. Uh, it, it's a challenge and, um, you know, we know we're out, you know, starting on the back foot, but um, we just hope that one day people will read the story of uh, Wild Barra Fisheries becoming a, a leading fishing company in Australia. The season is open. Eat some wild barramundi and understand what the myth is all about. This is Fishtales, a seafood podcast. A Deep in the Weeds production, I'm John Sussman. Follow us on Instagram at Fishtails Seafood Podcast or email us at fishtailspodcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. 
Stay tuned for more tales from beneath the surface of the seafood world every Friday on your podcast app.